This episode of the Fat or Future podcast is sponsored by, well, me and my diet crash course exclusively from Himalaya Podcast Networks. What is my diet crash course? Well, have you ever been curious about 20 of the top diets in the world? You wanted the cliff notes to all of them because you just don't want to read all the books. I have you covered with my diet crash course. 20 of the top diets in the world and maybe some you haven't heard of. Should you try them? What are they about? What does the research say? What does the research maybe not say? Himalaya.com forward slash diet and listen for free and use code diet to listen for two weeks of the Himalaya Diet Crash Course exclusively on the Himalaya Podcast Player. Himalaya.com forward slash diet. And I will see you there. Thank you to Third Wheel Podcast Studio in LA for the great editing work on our show every week. If you're ever in LA and need a studio to use, they have full audio and video capabilities and awesome engineers. They also have a Seattle location coming soon. And of course, if you're just looking for production and editing, they have you covered there too. Check them out online at thirdwheelpodcaststudio.com. On this episode of the Fat or Future Podcast, Dr. Tommy John, over 20 years experience in healing people, and he wants people to live their healthiest, fullest lives. He has the eight essentials to healing. What are those? Is COVID-19 actually a thing? What is his issue with the American medical system? We talk about this and so much more. Here's my conversation with Dr. Tommy John. What's up? It's Joey Thurman. Welcome to another episode of the Fat or Future podcast. And I have the often loved and sometimes hated Dr. Tommy John on the podcast here. Uh, doctor, you're a performance and healing specialist, 20 plus years, and you're all about people self-healing, self-regenerating, and really just kind of being one with their body. Make sure you check him out on social media, Dr. Tommy John. I mean, regardless what you think of the man, he's pure entertainment, that's for sure. And uh, pre-interview, he was telling me about a story. He was afraid that uh, somebody was going to yell at him today, but it was, it was all love. So welcome to the podcast, man. How about that for an intro? I appreciate it, dude. That was perfect. That right? was perfect. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Seriously, an honor. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about yourself. I mean, you, I'll see videos of you and you're in a Speedo and doing some like Tai Chi yoga type stuff. And I see that you're, you're all about healing and movement practice, which I'm a huge uh, proponent of, whether you're bodybuilder yoga, what you always should be moving in your space and um, really practicing that. But uh, you have a unique way of looking at things. Yeah. So I, I, uh, former athlete, uh, sports athlete, humans are all athletes, but, um, I, uh, baseball was my, was my passion. Um, college baseball, you know, I was a Gatorade state player of the year of high school back when shit mattered and, uh, <laughs> went to college and I was a middle infielder pitcher and I got invited to the Cape Cod league, uh, one summer, which was a dream come true. And, um, it, as I was, getting this uh, the phone call came and I was actually in the hospital because I had an achy shoulder and when you have achy shoulders you go get them checked out because you're supposed to get an MRI they inject dye into the socket I got infected and I had a, a body infection and that's life-threatening and so I had a fever I was on IV antibiotics for a, a month and my shoulder atrophied and ate away the infection ate the shoulder away to save itself and so um 
I had another invite to the Cape the next summer, didn't make it. I became obsessed with coming back and obsessed with like how the body works and obsessed with what happened to that. So I graduated Furman, bachelor's and master's in health and exercise science, and then played two years of pro professional baseball. And it wasn't fun anymore. And I got into as a high, a high, you know, an elite, so, so to speak, athlete, I was very aware that my body provided my skill set. And if I took care of it, it did things for me. And, and I could repeat those things on, on call. And I observed that I became very obsessed with that in a, in a healthy way. And then I started to apply it to the 10 year old, to the 91 year old with diabetes or MS and osteoporosis. And I was really started to see over the course of rehabbing performance training my brother-in-law was in the nfl for 16 years as a long snapper with the bears so he had a ton of chicago bears you had the bulls you had black you had all these guys everyone really wasn't too far off from what we needed it didn't matter whether you were an elite athlete or somebody trying to survive a fall or get up off a toilet there were certain capacities that we had to do as humans like across the board as humans so it was cool because i saw a room filled with the elite the 10 year old with developmental issues, college, elderly, golfer at 60, just trying all in the same room, all doing the same, like similar stuff interpreted differently, perceived differently. I'm like, this is fantastic. And a lot of the dogma I accepted with two degrees and was in the mainstream. I'm like, wow, I, that's just not what it is. And that's not how the body. And we, we threw away a lot of stuff and people were having these like, healing responses and not just these like one two months in episodes like that's not healing to me like healing is when it doesn't pop up for 10 12 15 years you yeah. know what i mean that's the goal right. and so it was it was i was fascinated i'm like and i tried checking and testing because i'm an experiential type i i, I don't really people tell me that what i'm experiencing is what they read you, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'll, I'll be drawn to some author or I'll be drawn to a subject matter and I'll go down into it. But for the most part, I love experiencing without any preconceived, mm -hmm. I just like going into it. And so I do the same thing for this, like I'll, right now I'm on a four week vertical diet where I'm having 4,000 calories a day and by standard efforting IFBB pro, because I want to see what happens to my body yeah. where I'll go on a five day water fast. I'm like, I have all of these preconceived notions on what will happen or what I'll prescribe to my diets, whether it's keto, paleo, sure. plant-based, whatever the hell, right? But I need to know how I feel so I can speak on it more. Right. You know, I, I think that a lot of people forget that. Right. right. Totally. And then, um, and it's interesting, like if you revisit that again in like two years, it may be a total different experience. Right. You, you know, that, that's like the cool part is with this whole thing, I've just kind of pulled it apart, put it together and pulled it apart, put it together again. And it's almost like these traditional principles in health and, and, and function. Um, it, it turns out that like, regardless of where the culture is or who you pluck out of whatever industry, we're all kind of doing the same shit, you know? And I'm like, if we just kind of follow that, everybody should be speaking the same language. Mm -hmm. Everybody should be kind of attending to the same thing that the human race just kind of goes in and dumps and whatever they are, however they heal, however they need to perform, whatever their goals are. Right. Um, it comes apart. And somebody asked me, I'm going in 20 years over this. And someone was like, Hey, have you done the, and they wanted to ask me the new thing. And I'm like, nah, you know, uh, the lunge is still a bitch. And they're, they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, I haven't quite mastered walking and breathing and the lunch. And, and they're just like, okay, I gotcha. You know, because again, 
I'm my own block. Like if I put myself into that environment, I just, you never, it's, it's always a new layer. I learned something new today. Former pro soccer player, 42 came in what he showed when I was doing his eval. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm 20 years in man. And I saw something I never have. That's why I'm dumbfounded how amazing the body is. Like I'm just so humbled by how incredible what it is and what it does in the capacity that it is. And that's kind of where I'm at now. Like, am I a chiropractor? Am I rehab specialist? I'm a performance and healing. Like I'm just a, honestly, I'm just a facilitator and like a suggester. You know, that's why I kind of say I'm like, I'm no different. I'm like off to the side and slightly behind you. I'm just going to make suggestions and just see what you do. <laughs> yeah. A, a, a lot of that is trial and error. I mean, you can make an educated guess based totally. on your 20 years of experience plus whatever the book told you, but you know, like you can learn, you can read a book and then somebody goes in front of you and you're like, the book doesn't talk about this. Totally. You know? So then you, you've got to figure it out as you go along. And um, I think Paul check said it best. He was talking about when he, I'm sure you're familiar with Paul check. He was talking yeah. about, uh, the, the knees of a Hindu, the knees of a Mormon, the knees of whatever. He's like, they're all different knees. He's like, cause they'll be kneeling for different things. And I'm like, I never really thought about it that way. But right. Every body is specifically different. And one knee injury, one ACL injury is not the same as the next one. So totally it's, it's crazy to think what happens um, with the human body. I'm like, well, if I knew what now, what I uh, oh now, what I knew meant, what I didn't know in college, maybe I'd be playing in the NHL. I don't know. Maybe I would. Maybe I wouldn't. Maybe I would have messed myself up. Right. Um, it, it doesn't serve me to live in the past. So, so what's, a, what's a typical day like you, for you? You got people coming in with uh, general kind of lagging issues. What's your, what's your client base like? Yeah. So, again, if you took a snapshot at any point in time, it, it'll be a uh, 12-year-old with a uh, little elbow pain on the inside of his elbow and um, maybe just some like primitive reflex stuff, some stuff. A uh, 71-year-old gentleman with replaced hip who's been with me three years, uh, San Diego Padres pitcher, um, a 15-year-old tennis player, uh, a mother of three, 45. Um, it's like, dude, it, it, uh, and no joke, a bulldog skateboard riding bulldog from next the business next door will just make his way in nose around say hi to everybody get his butt scratched walk his way out i mean it is literally one of the coolest environments and and some people are just it's again it's an extension of my life that's why i have one page it is literally like from my apartment to the beach to meditate to coffee to down to the office to it's just a stream of consciousness that when you come into my office they're like damn, I feel good. I'm like, right? Like, don't you feel good right now? And they're like, this is amazing. I mean, it'll be like somebody doing a story on me and the camera guy's like, I feel good. I'm like, I can't say I felt like that when I went into doctor's offices or rehab specialists. You don't really feel, you feel like it's like, you know, sterile, which is fine. uh, But it's like, it's like scary sterile and, and like it's cold and it's fluorescent. And I'm like, Honestly, this environment is kind of chill like this because what you're about to do is going to be the gnarliest thing you've ever experienced consciously. The environment has to be calm because you are going to push yourself to this nth degree of almost death. You're literally going to trick that you're dying and the body can handle more when the environment is antagonizing it with stimulus. And they're like, what the, what the hell am I getting into? And it's like, you're, you're cool. You'll see this or something emotional, right? Like somebody's going to break down an emotional layer and have this 
have this breakdown, but the community is there. It's almost like the best days for me, man, is when I step back and I don't do anything. Everyone's kind of feeding off each other and they're almost self-healing, self-coaching, self. And I'm like, that's the community I want to be in as far as like how the human race goes. Like if we right. could, you know, dump ourselves into any geographical location. It used to be that way, right? Like the community raised the child. The community, if somebody was depressed, the community like connected with that feeling and you were allowed to sit with that feeling. Right. You know, now I feel like we're kind of separate. Well, that's what they say. It takes a village to raise a child. I mean, as I say that we sold our condo downtown Chicago, I'm living with my in-laws and they help raise, you know, our, our kid because like it's a lot. So even for adults, like you got a two year old kid running around and he's a lot, he's a wonderful child, but like it, it takes your energy. So you, you do need uh, a lot of help and man, it's a good point. I think, um, a lot of people. I think what's cool too, like your two-year-old then something from the other, the neighbor or, you know what I mean? And it's yeah. something that's not parent. It's not parental, sure. you know? And I just think that exposure to them, as far as just me observing kids, everyone's like, you got kids? Yeah, I have like thousands. Just like, not that I'm fertile, but like that, that I have worked with thousands right. of right. kids, you know, and I get to observe like, wow, this is the ones that are well-traveled, the ones that are you know, are allowed to go to the fancy dinners, you know, or, or can, can know what the forks are. But everybody like, it's, it's just interesting how you see the ones raised by the clan and then you see the ones who's only child, not right. much going on. It's just, it's just interesting, right? Like yeah. no right or wrong. No, it's just interesting. absolutely. Yeah. Like I, I never, I think people sometimes like, Oh, we're doing this with our kid. We're, we're, we're all say that to my mom. She's like, well, we didn't do that with you. I'm like, but it's also, um, it's 37 years later, like, right, right. It's like you don't put a blanket on a baby now because they can die in a crib. Like you put a blanket, right, like, right. It's nice. I'm not saying you're a, you're a bad mother. just like things change from <laughs> parenting style. Like totally. that's it. Like we feed him what we eat. That's it. No kid food. We're like, oh, it's great. That's, that's you know, great. I love it, man. And that's fine. Like you want to, you want to feed your kid packaged food? I don't care. You know, like that's, that's you, right? Like uh, <laughs> you do uh, you. <laughs> I'm not judging. I'm not judging. Totally. Right, let's, let's talk about let's talk about healing and performance. Now you have your eight essentials uh, to healing and performance. What are those? Yeah, yeah. So this is kind of big, and this is this is uh, I got a big ass like three by five poster in my office because I kept talking about these things. Now, where are these eight essentials? I invented nothing. I, I literally invented nothing. I don't claim to invent anything, but people who heal these radical remissions, like I'm fascinated by them. Like, what does it take to, to heal yourself from these really extreme things that you've heard aren't possible by the allopathic method? And you hear these stories repeatedly and you go in and you listen to them. Um, you follow the Joe Dispenza's, you follow the Heal documentary, you follow these things. I love talking to people over 90. And I always ask them, I trick them with the question. I'm like, hey, what's the secret to being you know, that level. And they always like, look at you. It'd be like asking Tom Brady, like, what's the secret to being great? And it's like, what? (laughs) And they're like, what are you talking about? I don't know. But everyone has a different thing. And it would always come around having seen a a plethora of injuries and all of them resolve in different ways per the person. It was like, it really, oh, oh, this is what triggered the essentials to healing because I kept hearing these essential oils. That's great. But I was like, are they really essential? No. Like, 
what do we need in life? Like truly, what do we need? And I'm like, God, you know, let me see. And so I started to like pull apart all these cases and look at what do we need that's the foundation for everything. And I came up with these eight that are kind of ranked in order of importance, but they're also like quantum where you draw them in a circle or like a three-dimensional, like whatever. It's just this like orb, okay? First, a belief in something greater than yourself. Just you believing that there is this force inside you, this power inside you that has your best interests in mind. We can get into religion, spirituality. It doesn't matter. Just something greater than man, mm -hmm. greater than you. Number two, purpose. Without getting in, it, it could be something as small as getting out of bed, making coffee, going back to bed. For some people, that was a friggin' solid day. Yeah. You know, it could be something as grand as, you know, closing a deal, closing a, a business deal or, or getting a new location, moving back with your parents, like some sort of thing, you know, you need some reason. Um, number three, your relationships. And this is, I I've trimmed away and I'd say it trimmed away the fat, but I, I happen to think fat is, is amazing. So I don't say trim the fat away, but like trim, <laughs> trim the funky part. Excess. <laughs> trim the excess whatever the excess is and so it was those relationships that just didn't they didn't they weren't supportive of your beliefs and your purpose or they weren't those ones that put that mirror in front of your face and challenge you challenge you and sting you a little bit to be better you know that they're, they're the ones the voices of, of truth um so those relationships and again you and i have a relationship right now because we connected like a crossing guard a waitress like there's those relationships all the time any exchange you have with a human number four sleep naps Number five, um, breath, meditation, prayer. Number six, natural light. I would say sunlight, which it is, but I was in Chicago for 14 years and <laughs> it's okay. I was like, you know what? It's just natural light. Just get your ass outside. Yeah, dude, like that's that's, that's like know, where I'm at. Is, that's why you're laughing. And, you know, <laughs> tell my wife all the time, why do we live here? Like, why do we live here? And it's just about, we only live here because of the village. That's the, that's the, that got it. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's important, right? Like that is, that is important. And like yeah. you guys make it, that's, that's why I was, I was in Libertyville, Lake Bluff, like that area up there. Yeah. And it was just like, the sun is over the clouds. I'm like, no, the sun's above the clouds. I'm still going to expose myself, but it's that natural light. A, a client of mine dropped this on me and I was like, that's brilliant. He goes, we're just, we got to get on the other side of the window. And I was like, wow <laughs> that was powerful man i'm like you come up with that he's like yeah i just came up with it just now i'm like all right so we got to get on the other side of the window um number seven nourishment whatever that is it, it's just nourishing yourself with nutrients whatever your approach is um number eight movement and, and it literally is i want people to i do it daily um i want people to literally sit and be vulnerable and authentic and honest in those eight where do you score what's and everybody knows what's good what's bad for them i mean if we really get honest with ourselves we know that guy's not a good relationship for me or that food isn't as ideal but it's still okay because i'm happy when i eat it and it's just like a treat I, i'm not identical okay i'm not guilt there's no shame I, I could move a little more yes i could you know what i mean there's there's if we're honest you'll see the red flags we make attempts and sometimes one of those eight is more important during a certain moment and it kind of fluctuates, right? Like it may be a relationship challenge that day or maybe a spiritual challenge that day or maybe, I don't know what it is, um, but those eight are literally the premise of what I found that, uh, that holds consistent with radical remissions, these healing stories, um, healthy 
and, and I don't want to say longevity, but just really high burning lives, you yeah. know, cause we could, we could both go out tomorrow. Uh, I'm going out here, man, right. you, you know, go out on a flicking high note, but, um, I have it, it scares people cause it's on my wall and everybody wants the exercise and they want the nutrition. And I'm like, okay, I, I, that's the easy part. Those are seven and eight. You, you know, it's, it's important because those allow the others because the others are going to get gnarly. And my brother, this is a cool story, man, because you'll, you'll relate to this. This is cool. Uh, my brother, he's on my forearm now. He passed away battling mental health and he got into the allopathic model and, and it was medications and stuff like that. And whether you agree with it or not or whatever, whether I agree with it, whatever. But one of the things his therapist used was something the the whole model the holistic model uses they stole it she goes you have to be on lithium and seroquel and all this really crazy crazy stuff she's like you got to be on that because we have to get your body ready for the difficulty of what the therapy is going to be because the therapy and i was like interesting Hmm. so in order for somebody to truly heal that body has to be ready and resilient and, and rooted in belief with surrounding a community and you have to, that purpose and well-rested and sunbathed and nourished. And because what we're about to do, holy shit, it's going to get tough, you know? So they kind of stole that from a medication standpoint, but I was like, that is it. You know, if you're getting into somebody, you're going to do rehab or you're going to do healing. Right. Listen to me. This is about to get emotional, spiritual, intellectual, as much as it is, you know, three sets of 300 or whatever it's going to be, you know? And as soon as we lay that out, it's almost like people accept that it's this big process. And along that process, they're getting ready for lifelong changes, you know, like in a tennis elbow, piece of cake. But what we got is something that you're preparing for that could be 10 years from now or, or, you know, a slip and fall, a divorce, an infection, whatever it's going to be. Yeah. I I think the mental health and as someone who suffers from depression, That is something that we, we just can't put a bandaid on it. Right. Even medications. Like, I mean, back when I was in high school and college, like they're giving me Zoloft and stuff. I'm like, I was numb, you know? Oh, so, wow. You no. Know, so I, that I, was your experience with it. You felt numb. I, yeah. You know, I definitely didn't feel myself. So when I started, you know, and I'll go in waves and I'll talk about this. Yeah. Actually, my first ever podcast was talking about ketamine therapy and how I did that. Yeah. It was wild. And now I'll speak to my wife like, hey, it's a bad day. It's a bad week. It's, I don't know why. Just this is why I'm feeling it. Sure. So she knows like, okay, it's not something that she did or whatever. I'm like, I'm just in that mental funk. Yeah. But yeah, when I was on, when I was on the Zoloft, yeah, I, I was kind of a little bit numb to the world. And when I got off it and then I actually started facing those issues, uh, I, I think it, kind of, it got a lot better. But um I think that being prepared, whatever that is, you know, whether that's with medications or something, if, if, you're, if you're, you're right, if you're not ready to embrace that, right. there's no way you're going to face that right. change. So yeah, the, the mental health, man, it's something that's just, it's, there's some demons and we all have scared, scarred little children inside of us. You know, we, some have much different higher levels that might've yeah. had something really bad happen to them. And some like, you know, didn't get enough attention from mommy or daddy. It's, we're all just scared little, little kids, doc. (laughs) I love, I love that too, though. Like, um, when you say like a hundred percent of us are dealing with mental health and then, then everyone's like, 
wait, that's what I talk. If I'm off, I'll say it and I'll, I'll bring it up because partially I feel good when I let it out. You know what I mean? So I'm kind of using everyone as a therapist. Like, yeah, you want to listen to my shit? <laughs> and I'll kind of dump some stuff, get some perspective. Like, oh, that was a 70-year-old perspective. Well, that was a 10-year-old perspective. That was a cat's perspective. Interesting. All right, I'm going to put it all together. And then they don't seem alone. You know what I mean? And they don't seem like a freak or like health people are supposed to be perfect all the time. It's like, dude, no way. That's why I post the most embarrassing things or some of these. No, no, we're just like you. We're human beings. We're going through this, this ride and we feel like that's what dif- differentiates us. Like the fact that we can feel that triggers a response. Like that's what's supposed to happen. Hell yeah. Depressed every day. Yep. Hell yes. I feel it every single day. Jealous ah, here and there. Angry. Sure. In love, absolutely. You, you know what I mean? Like it fluctuates because I feel like that's life, right? Like that's the thing. That's what yeah, makes and, it worth getting out of bed. Those eight essentials, it makes sense because nothing can ever be, a, you can't have eight things and they can all be 100%. Right? This is not how math works. No way. So yeah, you're, you're right. You, you might have one day where you're more, more happy, one day where you've got to more focus on your work obligations, your kid. Totally. Or and I think now, especially with social media, everybody thinks that you're just supposed to be like, okay, and yeah. all the yeah. time. And I'm like, you know, the fitness influencer, I hate that word, but whatever. Like, people supposed to be like, post like, oh, if you have negative feelings, I just realize that I'm going to be okay. No, yeah. no, like right. it, you're you're not, and and allow yourself not to be okay right now. Right, and right. That's okay. That's huge. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean the those eight essentials make a lot of sense. Kind of cool, right? And I was just—I yeah. mean, that's like ancient shit. And it really started with uh, Joe Dispenza and then the Heal documentary, Radical Remissions. I'm like, God, dude, this is like some crazy stuff. And they would acknowledge those and work with those. And it's different for everyone. That's what's yeah. cool. Is like right. it's a—it's a framework, right? It's a guideline. What does it mean to you? I don't know. I don't know. I haven't seen the the Heal documentary. It's cool, man. Kelly Gores did it. Did an amazing job. It's just. It's powerful, man. It, like you just leave it feeling so great because that force they're talking about is in, is in you. It's in me. It's in your kid. It's in your, right. your wife. You know, it's in, right. it's in ether. It's in everywhere. It's like, my God, we have access to this. Yeah, this is amazing. Which means if I'd be off, uh, Frank Thomas, you remember Frank Thomas? Of course. All right. The big hurt. Okay. All right. <laughs> so Frank Thomas, uh, he lives up in Libertyville. Who's and my hopping just like testosterone pills right now. <laughs> Is he really? Yeah, he's, he's like, he's like, side note, we'll, we'll get back to your point. But no. Like, uh, I, don't, I don't care. I'll, I'll, I'll say, I'll say brand names like Nugenics or some shit. Do it, dude. Uh, okay. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying this stuff doesn't have ingredients. All they have a kind whatever. Of, that could have something, but yeah, he's, he's hawking testosterone pills. Right cause, cause the big hurt beer failed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Like he has like 26 inch biceps. I think. It's- I know. So he, uh, he lived across the street from my brother-in-law. And again, my brother-in-law was a long snapper for the bears for 16 years. So they yeah. became friends. And then my dad was in town. It was like, wait a second. They wanted to go golfing and I'm sitting here and it's, it's Frank Thomas hall of fame. It's my dad. And it's Patrick Manley. It's the longest tenure bear in the history. I'm like, what am I doing in this group? I'm like, okay, but I I'm amongst masters of the craft or, or attempted masters. So what I'm going to ask questions like, yeah, we're killing beers on the course and we're doing stuff. I'm going to flood and just observe greatness. It, it, I was just so blown away by what I was experiencing. So afterwards I had questions for my dad, questions for, and Frank Thomas was sitting there. I'm like, Hey, um, 
how did you like greatest piece of hitting advice? And he, he told me who told him it. And it was this very simple thing. Cause at the time I was doing baseball lessons as instruction. That was my job. And I was always looking to just learn. Right. And one thing he said, he's like, yeah, all those guys, they put on videotape. Yeah, man. Here's what I do. He's like, <laughs> I would loop all the singles, doubles, home runs, triples. He didn't have many triples, but all the hits. He only wanted to see good. He just wanted to loop himself into good. Now, whether he did that or not, but that's what he said. And I was like, wow, because Tony Gwynn would want to analyze everything. Do you know what I mean? Like, look at, and I was like, wow, you guys were both amazing. You just wanted good. I feel like I'm more of a Frank Thomas type in my life. If I were to be in balance, I'd want to see what I would want to get to, not what was wrong so I could correct it. Just as far as analytics go, you you know what I mean? But like more where I want to go and just saturate yourself with that reality and constantly keep in that if somebody's not on board with it, you can't talk. No, please. I'm trying to heal from stage four. You cannot talk to me. There's no place for you. You you know what I mean? As far as like who's antagonizing your purpose, spiritual, like all that. And Mm -hmm. I was like, it's interesting. It's just interesting. That was like a sports world that if we were given a 2% chance, for life, let's just say, per some model, I'd want to speak and talk to all the survivors. And I would just want to read letters of the survivors. I just want to like talk about that, in my opinion, that that's that road I would want to take, right? Very hard. Because how easy, I mean, you, you remember, you were a competitive hockey player. How many times I was sitting at third base and there were times like, don't hit me the freaking ball right now. Like this grass sucks and sure as shit, right? The ball comes right to you. And it it was like, I don't know what it was like in hockey. If if that, if you had the time, baseball's kind of slower. If you had those moments, maybe, maybe during a, a, um, you know, rotation, right? Yeah. No, there was, were there times that you could, yeah, there was definitely, you got like two, maybe three minutes between shifts. Right. Right. Shifts. And you're like, ah, this dude's owning me and I just can't. And there's like that doubt, like that it's very easy. Right. And it was for that to come in. So anyway, it was just kind of interesting story that again, I would, I would broaden out through anything life. I I mean, anything work success relationships, any of those eight, like that was just kind of a cool story. Big hurt, big hurt story. (laughs) Big, big hurt. I mean, cashing the checks with testosterone pills. (laughs) That's the thing, like, dude, all these guys do all these things for money. It's like, it's really, I, I mean, whatever. I, I look at <clears throat> stand-up comedians or musicians, and when I drive out to Palm Springs sometimes to see my dad, there's billboards because they're still doing shows. And they're still just, like, hanging on, performing in wherever, and they love it, and they're getting it, and I don't even know what, the, what, the, what they're, you know, covering for the, right. for the weekend performance, but it's just like, dude, you're still doing it. And somebody was like, 80 and still singing or something <laughs> it's not like oh my god and somebody would see them they're like yeah it's not like they used to be but there's still that i almost would rather see them do their skill set than i don't know a big hurt in new gen or whatever but <laughs> you know what i mean or like the can opener like i'm a left-hander here's a left-handed can opener uh-huh. well you know <laughs> you gotta whatever it's what it is yeah <laughs> all right so now we got it. I can't have you on and not talk about this. Let's do it. So the U.S. just reached 200,000 coronavirus deaths. And you yeah. are very outspoken about this. I've actually got your quote here. Not a pandemic. Never was. Stop getting tested. Stop wearing your masks. Yes. 
Less that's shit. a big so that's a big meme i keep posting um yeah, so here's right the thing there. so here's the thing those 200 deaths are they're not what they seem so a couple things go into that one um the coronavirus and if it's 19 they there's no way they haven't isolated a virus they haven't found it there's no the test they're using is a genetic material test that literally depending on the cycles the number of cycles it could be positive for a hundred percent of human beings yeah it's just you're good good yeah, there, we go. there we go carry on Thanks. yeah so it it could be positive on everybody it's it the even the the guy that came up with the test said it's not to be used diagnostically and is not to be used to, to test for viruses it's genetic material and so that guy's passed away but they chose that test which is interesting they chose a covid alert when we have over 800 of these things so technically we could all test positive or test negative it's just there's no definable so when somebody dies in the hospital of whatever tested positive it goes down as covid death but what was it and they tried to like cover you know come up with well 2.6 uh pre-existing conditions but listing cause of death is very difficult and when you throw in Dr. Scott Jensen, he's getting his license checked on this because he was vocal about this. He shared this. There's monetary incentive. When you list somebody as a COVID and you treat them, the hospital gets a certain amount of money per state. It varies. And if you ventilate them, they get even more money. So the, host, the whole concept of taking patients in completely changed. The diagnostic criteria totally changed only this year. The list of cause of death, the paperwork, completely changed this year. So when you look at that 200, you have to, what people are starting to do because the numbers are, are tough. And it's, are people dying more this year compared to last year? Because that'd be something. The flu and pneumonia are like gone this year. Well, where'd they go? And I have an anecdotal single story to that. So those 200 deaths aren't really, they're, they're 200,000 people died and I don't, I don't like that people die. I, I don't, I don't, it's, you know, my brother, my grandma, it sucks. It's a sucky thing. It needs to be acknowledged as something we need to go through and we need to respect for sure. Um, but the 200, the cause to throw it into this COVID death isn't quite accurate and they won't tell you that. And they'll also censor the information going against that, which is interesting. So now okay. here's so, my anecdote. Yeah. So then where, so then where did this, COVID-19 come from if you're if you ah, so that's right? the that's because, the challenge you know like that's the thing like you could say yeah there where is the flu where has that gone but if we have more people inside right and we have people staying away from people and larger sure. crowds not sneezing and right what doing all that sort of stuff and sharing saliva all that sort of things right yeah in like naturally of course we would have less incidences well, here's the thing. So that depends on whether you believe in germ theory or terrain theory and what a virus actually is, which is all kind of still theory. Some believe that a virus is a particle that is so tiny that it's released from a damaged cell. So depending on where that damaged cell is, it'll release a particular particles, a bunch of them, in order to trigger a healing response for that particular tissue. 
then if somebody were to go in and measure something, they would see that debris, call it that you got sick because of the virus, and then claim that you can get better by hiding all viruses, cleaning yourself, not sneezing on anything. And that makes zero sense because one, we'd all be dead if germ theory was true. We have staph on our skin, we have MRSA in our, we have E. coli, we have all this stuff that you and I should be dead right now if germs cause disease. It's our, it's our body's terrain inside that has, it's like, I always said it with pitching injuries, everyone's like throwing baseballs injures your arm. No, it doesn't. The inability to adapt to the throwing baseballs injures your arm. If throwing baseballs injures, then that means everybody would just get injured. And it's not that. And we're exposed to a microbiome that's, that we have to work with, that we, we live with. So to pin it to this, to this single thing is, is not fair to you know, the, the human race. And that's big pharma needs germ theory to be true because if germs cause disease, they have the solution. And that, that's when they latched on to germ theory. But terrain theory is, it, it really depends on what, I mean, who wants to live a certain way. It's not, it's, it's do what you got to do. Um, but that was one of those things that everybody exposed to people with chickenpox don't just get chickenpox. If the terrain is, is apt and you're supposed to express whooping cough, chickenpox, scarlet fever, mono, and measles. Every kid should go through all those because the antibodies naturally built up from those prevent fight certain cancers uh, are, are part of like your development later on in life. And when we are allowed to go through those in a natural state, it, it's a really great thing that the body knows is coming way down the line, assuming, assuming you live that long to experience it and didn't get an accident or something you know, incredible. Um, but then it throws in the where we have accountability and responsibility for our health. So if I'm responsible for the terrain and since epigenetics is proving that like we kind of have access to, to affecting hundred percent of our health expression, geez, that's kind of scary for me even. And I'm in the field. That means I, I have ultimate control over how I perceive my environment, how I feel. And then when you go into those eight essentials, this is, this is crazy. This is on me, but in the, on the flip side, we, we get to be more of a player, a, a driver per se, rather than a victim. Somebody's going to save me. Somebody's going to, going to do that. Um, here's a, it's scary. It's kind of my buddy, uh, Des Plaines, lives in Des Plaines. Mm -hmm. And his girlfriend, our friend, um, her mom, Alzheimer's, late stage Alzheimer's, uh, obese, um, heart disease, she wandered off in a fugue, uh, like a state, an Alzheimer's state, you know, wandered off, got away from her caregiver, fell, you can't make this stuff up, fell on a train track, cracked her skull, landed, oh, cra uh, cracked her skull and her ribs, fractured her ribs, landed in the middle of a train track. The train rolled over her. <laughs> the train conducted stopped after he got over her they pulled her out she's alive took her into the hospital so took her in the like the train didn't run over it she was like laying perfectly so it didn't touch her right my buddy used to work in a hospital for like six years he knows the appropriate response to how you accept and admit er people so they're they're doing the zoom call because you can't go to the hospital for some reason some of them are masked in the back some of them aren't it's this haphazard just just disaster. He starts asking, they wanted to do this level of oxy and fentanyl 
that there's no way to notice if anybody's improving on this load of oxy and fentanyl. I mean, it's like crazy levels. And he knows this because he knows what the order was to bring them in. He's like, wait, why levels of anyway? And he started questioning. He started asking. And the doctor conversed and said, but a lot of it was like, no, this is our method. This is because there's this new virus. We have to do this. And he's like, oh, hold on, hold on. You'll have no idea how well she's doing if she's on oxy and fentanyl. Is there any way to go less? Is there any, any name two drugs? And they're like, well, we'll look into that. Yeah, that's actually, uh, but had he not questioned, that doesn't happen. The majority are just, it's just the, the care you're given, you're just loaded up. She passes away 10 days later. And it was peaceful because the expression still on her face was, was peace, which was good to know for the family. She had a heart attack, had a heart attack. Um, no tests, no anything. And then it came back through uh, cause of death, whether it was in the mail or I think it was in the mail or however they contacted the family. And it was listed as the COVID death. And that's when my buddy, who's Serbian, he's very like, uh, I have no idea either way. I need to know, like I need to, to meet the person or go in. He's very like, I will get all the information and just see, I'm going to weigh out both sides for a really long time. That was when he was like, okay, something's not right. And I had been saying certain things from the beginning. He was coming at me and was like, well, you don't know. I'm like, yeah, I guess I don't. This just feels better for me. And it just makes sense with this. And then when he heard that, he's like, Hey, I got something for you. By the way, I want you to, I want to share it with you. Cause I don't know how many other millions of times over stories like that are going. And then when I posted it on a podcast, I got DMS and everyone, you know, had their, their anecdotal story. So that's just where I, I just want people to question me. I want people to question the mainstream narrative. I want people to question everybody like just keep questioning 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 have dialogues instead of sending me messages which i'm coming kind of strong because i'm getting to the point to where we're running out of room like with the censoring going on and the deletion of posts which is interesting that you yeah. can't even post an alternative to the narrative which is very very interesting and then who owns wikipedia who owns google who owns google's a pharmacy it's like damn they're making it almost you can't get another word in and I, you have to spell words wrong. So the bots don't pick up, you know, certain things. I mean, it's crazy that I'm living in this. I just, this stuff I've been studying for 20 years right now, I can't find information like I could before. And, and it was fringe back then. You know, when I was talking about the sun 20 years ago, it's like, what? You're a kook. Now it's like, you're illegal and you're going to kill somebody when I'm talking about trying to defend the immune system, you know? And so it's like, this is going to get a lot worse. A lot of people think it's, it's going to kind of end on November 3rd or whatever it is. I'm like, no, 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 prepare yourselves. And, and really what I want, because everybody's like, TJ, when are you guys going to do the, the march that's going to stop all this? Or thank you so much for speaking up. When are you going to do something with the collective that's going to stop this? I'm like, no, this, this doesn't just like you and I with injuries or illness or whatever, it's the individual approach to that that then affects the collective. So you and I kind of have a duty to the human race to make sure we're the healthiest version of ourselves right. because our energy affects other people. You know, your energy affects your child, sure. affects your wife, and then your community. So it's, I look at it like that, like, man, I really need to be as the best version of myself for my time on earth is the way I kind of look at it. You know, and if, if you look at it, if you back away from earth enough and you look at a hurricane, or a tsunami, it looks like an immune response. An immune response to bacteria, 
like what? Bacteria being humans. And I'm like, I hope I'm a probiotic to the earth. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I hope the earth kind of sees me as something that's like a, keep this dude around. <laughs> so, okay. So I, I'm not, I, I don't doubt that there, there yeah. could be some people that are labeling like, yeah, especially households are overwhelmed. Right. So I could see that they're labeling this COVID, but what's the explanation for people getting sick now and having what they call all these symptoms that are like long haul symptoms or all yeah. sorts of things like the respiratory systems or vascular that if this, you know, we'll keep calling it COVID-19, right? Yeah. If, if this, what's the explanation for that? Because yeah. people go in, they go in a crowded room or something. And then all of a sudden people, 20 people test positive four or five days later or a wedding and then those individuals are getting sick. My father-in-law had uh, his best friend on a ventilator for three months. Yep. Luckily, is seems to be, you know. Doing, he survived the ventilator? He seems to be doing better now. So Holy crap. So like, yeah, like it, it was deal. touch and go. And, you know, I know other people and clients that have yeah. passed away. Uh, yeah. That got sick. Um, had clients, kids that got COVID and had high fevers for days on end and stuff like sure. that. You know, so what's the explanation then right Good. It, that, it, yeah just getting this mystery sickness that's an awesome question and that's something i ask icu nurses and docs myself who will tell you that the hospitals aren't overwhelmed they will literally say no that's not accurate like we the way we take the patients in has clogged it but we're not overwhelmed we were never overwhelmed from the beginning in new york in texas in florida i'm like wow that's interesting so what are you noticing like what is it if it's it it's another version of the flu it just happens to be i'm like is there a definitive test besides these bunk pcr tests that aren't accurate like you can't even use those so tested positive means nothing is there a definitive picture like a, a, a imaging uh maybe on an x-ray you could get a lung cloud like you could get some thickness white on a on an x-ray but for the most part what is it it literally is like every year is a is an evolved version of our expression to adapt to what the seasonal changes are. Everybody says we get sick. You're not getting sick. You're expressing symptoms to heal. So a fever is a very intelligent response from the body to burn off a virus or burn off or, or, or burn, burn off, not a virus, but burn off the bacteria, creating the environment that maybe was more toxic than what it was. So it's a very healthy response. Congestion to expel great great response diarrhea uh vomiting um malaise to slow you down lethargy to stop you and have you sleep so these are all very very healthy responses to that so as i understand because i i know nobody who does this and i'm in healthcare i know, I know nobody who, who has anybody who's linked it other than yeah i had a flu or what i would think was the expression of the flu um, it was a little different. I had a cough for a little long. It was just like the, as I understand, the, the new, because it's every year. That's why the flu shot is, is bogus. It's every year they guess on what it's going to be. And viruses and bacteria are within us, around us, all over. They're always evolving because they're living, which is kind of cool. Like the humans are evolving and they're evolving too. That they guess what it would be it's always wrong. I mean, at the best, I think it was like 40% accuracy, which again is giving you this artificial kind of response with the ingredients and, and then the side effects. And it's like, so if we get, I look at anytime we get 
express symptoms in the fall or winter during those times where there's there's less maybe sunlight in the in the ideal atmosphere or um you've been inside or, or and that's the scary part of what's coming because we're all inside per these these lockdowns um and then you start to go outside you will express to level up to the new environment that you've kind of held yourself from um it's always different in some way sometimes it carries a fever sometimes it carries fluid in the lungs sometimes it carries you know, um, a taste, taste or smell. Like I can't, everyone's like, well, then what? Cause somebody would get it. And they're like, explain the tasteless. I'm like, that's been a version of the flu since like the dawn of the flu, you know? So that's where I would look at. And I'm always, I'm not on the front lines. Like I felt bad cause I wasn't like able to work on the front lines. I would love to, I would love to like get, be involved more because my life's kind of gotten better. Like everything's sort of improved. I'm like, this isn't, that's not fair that, that I'm improving and, and others aren't um, and others are suffering. So I've reached out to those populations. Hey, what are you seeing? What are you noticing? Um, doctors, nurses, caregivers. And those are the, the responses um, that they're seeing. And that's, it's unfortunate, man, because that, it's like, if it's not co- like, here's, here, uh, here's what breaks my heart. And it almost gives me, um, it's, the the standard of care has changed for the person dealing with something else in the hospital during this time cancer patients copd alzheimer's you you name it right like there's people in these hospitals suffering and one of the nurses goes it broke my heart because we were told not to let family in to see this woman who was literally on her last and i was like what'd you do and she's like, well, I let the mom and the daughter in against protocol, but I couldn't, if we go against, we're fired, which that's interesting. And I was like, well, what's the, and she's like, we have people dying every day in the hospital that don't need to. Here's another one for you. Somebody comes in, uh, Emma, uh, uh, myocardial infarction, heart attack, right? Somebody comes in with a heart attack. Um, they're normal well, their, their appropriate procedure to admit them and run them through tests takes about 90 minutes, I guess, according to this uh, specialist. Yeah. And I was like, what's going on now? And she goes, no, because they have to wait and keep them all. And we've been told this new protocol, which doesn't make any sense for what we're seeing and what we're experiencing. It's like a day. The person's like in this state for a day now. If that person dies because the method of protocol was chosen to hold off on 24 hours, they die and you swab them in their nose, which is going to be, has a chance to be positive on 100%. Now they're a COVID death. It's like, damn, man. And it, I mean, it is what it is. It's, it's whatever. I, I hate saying that, but I would, like my brother was typed uh, suicide as a cause of death. Well, wait a second. I saw him try to hang himself from a five foot rope. I saw about a thousand cuts on his arm. He took some stuff to make himself uninhibited so he could do those things. He's six feet, by the way, a five-foot rope. Take him to the hospital. It's his fourth attempt on his life. Goes in. They're pissed because they don't like suicide attempts, and rightly so. It's a very selfish, you know, but they look at him as he's suicide. He's not Taylor John. And so they go, you know, what's he on? I'm like, I don't know. What do you you guys give him? He was on four medications. Three had side effects of seizures. One was an anti-seizure med. He's stabilized. This is 1130 at night. Stabilized. I get the call at seven o'clock the next morning. He passed. So according to a psychiatrist, 
he was following his vitals. He had stabilized at like 5 a.m. So he came out of it. And then all of a sudden at 648 or whatever, he seizes, has a seizure, dies. His cause of death was suicide. But it might have been iatrogenic caused by a side effect of, but it kind of slides, right? Like it's so difficult. How do we know? Like, how do we know? And he was also, you know, what if he was obese? Oh, that's a, that's a comorbidity. You, you know, it's like, where do you file that all down? And that's the scary part is all that changed how we intake and list deaths changed this year right. and the incentives changed this year. So it's like, dude, I hate, cons- I hate like scandal or yeah. like, I hate, I just like watching movies that are like that. You know what I mean? I yeah, tried, right. I like that it wasn't a part of my life, but yeah, I mean, you know. first of all, I'm sorry for your brother. That's horrible. Oh yeah. I, lo- I love talking about it. That's why I'm, but it's, know, I mean, it, it needs to be talked about too. Totally. I have a buddy who had a brother who um, killed himself years ago and he's, oh, he's, really? he's big into, let's just say he's in the public eye, um, but he's oh, wow. very vocal about it and suicide and month okay. and all that sort of stuff. Okay. Uh, so, when they're classifying these deaths, right? So if, so, if somebody has diabetes and they have a heart attack, yeah. they yeah. die of a heart attack. They're not dying yeah. from diabetes. So then why are people up in arms now if somebody has diabetes and then they have COVID and they're dying from complications of COVID and people saying, well, they had diabetes, they died from diabetes. Why is, why is that such an issue when that when CDC came out with their report is whatever, like 13,000, it was a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And people were up in arms about that. But if you get shot and you die from a, from a gunshot, but you happen to have cancer, you died from the bullet, you didn't yeah. die from cancer. Why, why, why are people starting to look at that? I mean, COVID could be a cause where you had these other two or three or whatever sure. conditions. Obviously we have, regardless, we have a health issue in this country. We have a 40% yeah. obesity rate, which is over- I know. asinine. So yeah. yes, we need to tackle that. We need to get better immune systems. We need to, but why are people up in arms and they're trying to, whether you're, I don't even say pro-COVID or anti-COVID, whatever, whatever yeah. words you want to put on it. But if you had complications from COVID or whatever this is, you know, um, you're dying from that because it's causing something. Yeah. Right. So it's like, it's literally the straw that breaks the camel. When you shoot, there's a bullet. There is no COVID bullet. It's not found. We don't even know. Like, it's the one time you guys have tried to like, they've, they've tried to like pin it to something. There's no test and no way to identify it. So the picture on the news is just a made up meme. It's not even like they haven't even found it. So it's like, what is it? It could be the flu. It could be pneumonia. It could be anything. That's the problem is they're, they're putting everything into this category that all these other things have almost eliminated. That's what I think is so it's like cause of death. My God, we, uh, Gupta said over 50% of the nation has comorbidity or, uh, preexisting conditions. Okay. Yeah. We're not doing well. Like that's not even obesity. That's just like preexisting sure. conditions. My God, you know, 50% of the Americans, um, which and then we come in, be a preexisting condition because it like that, it's like diabetic or diabetic. I mean, you go down that rabbit hole, you know, it's so it's crazy. So it's like, I don't know. They're, they're trying to, they never did it before this year. That's the problem. Like why did everything change this year when you guys ran event 201 and ran a planned operation of this whole thing now? And then 
I, I honestly couldn't, I don't know anybody that suffered from this. I don't, I don't even know if we look into the numbers, like more aren't doing it. So then stop scaring people. The isolation doesn't make any health sense. Covering your mouth doesn't make any, like, because germ theory doesn't make any sense. It's just polite not to blow sh snot on somebody. You know what I mean? Or like, I mean, but as far as germs go, the, the dude that got his license pulled, he was uh, trying to prove Fauci and HIV and AIDS because Fauci was behind HIV. And he came up with a test and he came up with a drug. Okay. This doctor got his license pulled. He would pull blood from an HIV positive person, injected him to himself at his talks. He got his license pulled, but he never had HIV. Like it's not a virus just into you. It's like your body has to be in this state that it expresses in this manner that if it does, what we're trying to like point that everybody's in this state and point that everybody's going down with this thing. Wait, wait what's this thing and why is it so important that you guys drive this thing well it's a pandemic then the flu was last year then pneumonia was last year then cancer is every year and then suicide is every year like that that's the thing it's like obviously we're not doing well we're we're very disconnected we're very sick we're very sympathetically dominant we're malnourished we're underslept i mean you name it right you deal with this stuff um that's the scary part is it's set up and poised for a solution because everything's been kind of anti-health that's when do we get healthy and that's the scary part is the actions towards now we are coming up on a natural event where the weather changes the the, the you know the seasons change everything's kind of shifting and now we're going to go through this expression of health that people call flu season even though there's no season it's just when the body expresses its leveling up coupled with this state of being that you guys just forced us into because we chose to acquiesce to it. My God, what is coming is going to be a very scary thing. It's going to, it's going to be a very flu is already deadly. Like it still is deadly. Like people die every year, just like they die, except this year, they don't die of flu or pneumonia for some reason, which is very interesting. So come now this fall winter. Oh my God. Um, you're going to have injury. I mean, you deal, we'll have people returning to sports who were held up and not being necessarily, no matter your, your efforts or anybody else's efforts, trying to be active in homes. You right. know what I mean? Like you're doing the thing and it's, it's like, shit, as, as just a human race, that's what my one buddy, Serbian buddy, he brought up. He's like, I don't want to say it, but something, something near future is going to happen. that has nothing to do with it. It has to do with like the way we handled it. And just if you entered us back into to regular life, I always joke, you, you, um, somebody's just like, well, wait, deadlifts are good. Yes, they're amazing. But if you were in a cave for 20 years doing jack shit, and then you came out and tried to pull a buffalo ball, you know what I mean? So, and I know you deal with this, so I'm like preaching to the choir, but, but people will try. So it's, again, we've been in caves for seven months, so to speak, in, in various ways, and we're going to be let out at some point. And it's going to be, you know, and, and for that person, be a herniated disc or a, a blown erector, or, you know, whatever it is. Right. And so that's where I'm, I'm trying to like, okay, just, that's why like the greatest protest, be healthy, like be healthy right now. And what does that mean? Eight essentials here. We got this. Like there's ways to do this. Even if you're in your home, even if you're, you know, what's the compromise, regardless of whether you think this thing, where's this coming from? Who's behind it? What's the agenda? Don't worry about that. I mean, worry about it to a concern, but be cautious, but don't let that get in the way of you evolving because I literally have be 
I've leveled up during this thing. And I'm, I'm not joking. Like, that's why I'm truly, I, I don't like that my business improved. I don't like that the roads are clearer and I can drive faster. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Or out, out, like, like people aren't out on trails where I go. And I'm like, man, I feel really good. This is like, well, no, no, people are scared and terrified and misinformed or over-informed or, okay, I got to, this is my calling. This is what I'm going to do because I've truly leveled up through this. It, it, like, I hate saying that, but I feel like with every injury, we, should, we get better. You know what I mean? Or every illness, like with every time the immune system's challenged, that's why it's not getting sick. Like you just are a state of being and you're going to figure this out and the symptoms are a conversation and you're going to level up because that's what it is. And so with every injury, if we do it right, you perform better. This is an insult and injury to the human race. We should technically kind of come out of this greater like as a whole, as a, as a whole, if we do the individual efforts that I, I, I urge the individual to do, you know, and then the individuals are the family, are the community are this country, are the region, are the yeah. world, you know, the globe. That's the. Yeah. I, I think regardless, whatever your thought is, doing yeah. things for your health and sleep and nutrition and love and being with the people that you're allowed to be with, that you feel safe around with. Yeah. That can only, that can only help you. So regardless of your, your thoughts on putting a mask on or whatever, totally. Like, you're like, you gotta put, put, put the mask on. You'd be fine. Right. It'll be totally okay. uncomfortable, but like, yeah, you can still get out in the sun. If you like avoid people, like why we move to the suburbs, like, I was in the city and besides, you know, Chicago, like there's all sorts of things going on in Chicago. You don't really want to be downtown Chicago right now. So like I, my sister and brother-in-law just moved to Russian division. Yeah. So dude. dude. <laughs> yeah. Not, not, not great. We were in Ukrainian village and you know, when were you really? Yeah. Riots and everything started. We're like, okay, this is like the last straw. We've been in our house for three months. We've been in a condo. Like, like, so like sell our house and. Oh my gosh, man. So, you know, like that's the thing we, for, we, we wanted to be outside. We wanted to more space and just not to be around all these people. So we knew that that's what was best for our family and for our health. Totally. And for, especially for our son, number one, like obviously anybody's a kid, they understand that. So whatever you can do, like be as safe as you possibly can, but like get some damn sleep, work on your, it starts from the mind and yeah. goes down. And then yes, like working out and eating well are essential but if you're not sleeping well and you're chronically stressed <laughs> right you're inflamed you're if you get whatever issue it is whether it's covid or flu you're not your body yeah. you're gonna fight it off well so uh you know i i think that it, it's fine if people have disagreements on things but like, totally let's just try to be as healthy as we possibly can you know and and have some informed decisions about that I thought it was cool. You just, you said something key and I, I want to emphasize this because this is something that I'm, I'm trying to, your version of, of leveling up and healing was you moved. Yep. That was your, that was you and your wife's and well, your in, your in-laws, your parents. Yeah, in-laws, yeah. It was your, your, it was your guy's decision. That was your version. Cause everyone's asking me, Hey, what do we do to stop this? And it's like, I know a guy. Now I know another story. I know a guy. He totally moved out of the city and moved yeah. in with parents into the suburbs with a two-year-old. Another guy started a soccer league because he didn't want his daughter masked. Another woman is running for state senate in New York. Another person quit her nursing job because she would not abide by this. This was like all these people are doing these various efforts 
and it's different for everybody, right? Like the, the rehab protocol is different for everyone or the, the nutritional approach is different for everyone. And that's where I, people are wanting to even on a natural side of it or the, the other version of the story, hey, tell us what to do so we can be saved or healthy. And it's like, what? Like, no, I, I honestly, I don't know. And that's the part that should make you excited. Because yeah. what does that mean to somebody in Oklahoma versus somebody in Chicago versus right. somebody in Portland versus somebody in the Ukraine or, or you yeah. know, or Australia, right? right? It's like, and I love that you said that because that was, that, I mean, was that hard for you guys to do? That, that was a major move, right? Like a major life thing. It, it was, it was huge because like I, I was all over the country doing all sorts of different stuff and national TV and today show and all this sort of stuff and hosting fitness events. And part of, I was gone a week out of the month, just traveling. And obviously I can't travel now for obvious reason. Yeah. So that was hard. And then all of a sudden the gym shut down. I was getting ready to raise $4 million for a fitness lab. And our lead investor has a hedge fund and he's like, I need to see what's happening with the market right now. And like, yeah, maybe not a good idea to open a 10,000 square foot fitness lab in downtown Chicago when people are, we, we just don't know what's going on. So oh, wow. it's actually a blessing in disguise. So because probably would not be doing good right now. So the gym I was training at ah, ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. obviously had to shut down for quite some time. And then my income went down. I'm like, okay, like we wanted to get out of the city for a long time. I've been doing seven different jobs and I just can't continue this. So what's going to happen? So what I did was we literally, my, my wife and kid moved in um, here and then I went downtown. We were getting ready to put the house on the market. I trained for four more weeks. I trained all my clients outside, trained for four more weeks. I went and filmed my own custom app, which hopefully will be coming out in a month or two, Sculpt Systems, nice. and look out for nice. that. Um, nice. And then I stayed in my house for two weeks, did a self-quarantine, if you will. And from there, we put the house on the market. It sold in one day. And... I moved, you know, we, we, we pocketed the money because that's what we had to do. So to alleviate some stress and for me to figure out my life and my career path, yeah. like I was, I mean, I was training Oscar nominated actors and pro athletes sure. and I just stopped, just completely stopped because like, I need to take this time to, to one, just be with my family while I can. Yeah. And I will never like forget that. Like I, my son knows that I'm home now during the day, which is yeah. magnificent. And you know, and he's growing up and just learning all these things. So I will have that. So all of them, like, yes, I lost a bunch of money, Sure, but I can't, I, but seeing him every single day and like being able to go for a walk with him or whatever, seeing him run around, like pretty awesome, man. Right there. So yeah. yes, there'll be more opportunities. I can always go back to training. I can do whatever. Like I've, I've got this, I've got some other sources of income. So but this was the opportunity. And for me to use your words to level up essentially is to just, all right, here's what I needed to do. Here's what we needed to do. We had totally. a conversation about it. And if we're still here and I want to go back to down to training downtown, like live with elderly in-laws, we're going to have to get a different place. And then, you know, oh, yeah. Just, yeah, that's it. Yeah. And, and that, for us, that's what we had to do. And I feel good about the decision. I'm not saying I don't miss training people, Every yeah, sure. day or sure. income stream, but you know, that's what we have to do sometimes in life is just like, like you said, something greater. And I don't, I'm not this big spiritual guy, but yeah. that something greater was the future of my family. Right. And right. They so will put that money in the bank and sit on it. And now like, maybe we'll pull the trigger and buy the house. Maybe we'll wait and see yeah. what happens with everything. Yeah. 2020 has been interesting. So, yeah. you know, and then maybe, Come on, 2021. But totally. that's, uh, 
that's what I had to do, man. It's pretty awesome, right? Like that of all this going, like this is how we did it. You have all uh Shashevsky said it, and I've been saying this, it's not the strongest survivors, the ones that adapt. Like it's it's the body's ability to adapt. That's literally why we get fevers, chill, shiver, you know, vomit, diarrhea. We adapt to our environment. You adapted to what you were presented with. Yeah. You, you know, like there's a like, yeah, that's and Shashevsky said I the reason I brought him up, it was after one of the final floors, maybe a while ago. And uh, he goes, we won today because we were the team that adapted. And I was like, oh my God, this is huge. And he like went on this little thing on adaptation. I'm like, I related it to health and it was perfect yeah. how he said it. He's like, really, we didn't have our best. The other team didn't have their best. We adapted. We won. And right. I was like, boom. Whatever winning is, whatever that means, right? You guys won. Really? You're, yeah. you're, you know, like pretty awesome, man. Yeah, I so we, we won temporarily. We're that. tied right now. We're waiting for overtime and then we'll, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> All right. I got one. I got one more question for you. Yeah. Um, where, where do you hope our future of health is headed? Oh my gosh. Um, I would love, uh, from the standpoint of where, the narrative, um, more schools got back into having people connect with intuition, uh, feel, um, the innate power to regenerate and, 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 and evolve. Um, we are in a very, as I've seen it over 20 years, even the natural health side, I had to, I had to, I had to kind of, I got upset because it was a naturopath. That's holistic. Now, naturopath is holistic. Okay. But they still identified a diagnosis, listed all these symptoms as issues, named it, and then medicated it with what? Supplements. And I'm like, damn you. <laughs> because your supplements might not have carry the side effect of death, coma, or like seizures, but you're still not getting to the source. And so I, I would love to just see our future of health going back into autonomy into, you know, individual empowerment to where we almost become our best teachers. We almost become our, our gurus, our own, uh, you know, problem solvers, um, instead of, Hey doc, fix me. Uh, Hey, Hey guru, make me happy. <laughs> you know, uh, somebody make me rich, make me, you know, uh, not alone or, or whatever it is. Um, I, I just would love to see all facets of, health. And, and if we get into all that emotional and spiritual and nutritional and, and movement and recovery and sleep and, and, you know, natural light exposure and meditation, that stuff, like everybody has some sort of exposure to that. Uh, even chiropractic school didn't. So everyone's like, ah, oh. like I have a video coming up. I'm going to throw my three degrees away because they did nothing for me. Everything I've learned was outside the degrees, 500 grand in like in educational material. I'm like, holy shit. And some of the smartest people I know don't, aren't degrees. So we put so much on the degree and it's like, wow, if medical doctors, allopathic or even holistic had exposure to all the stuff we're kind of talking about, that'd be, that'd be kind of cool, you know, to have everyone where we could just kind of go into an office and be approached as the whole, as a person, instead of in an ER, that's hepatitis that's sepsis that's no it's mary yeah and what's you know they they don't treat the story uh kelly brogan and dr kelly brogan dr tom cowan they said nobody treats the story anymore they treat the the symptoms and i was like god that's fascinating because everybody has their story right and i got goosebumps i'm like it doesn't matter whether it's an ankle sprain 
or, or, you know, wanting to throw harder or whatever. Like everyone has their story. Are you addressing their story? And it's, it's, it's just an interesting, I'd like to see people's stories be more addressed as we move forward. Even on the trivial, I want to lose three inches around my, my waist measurement, or I want to, not that that's trivial, but like, like on the end, or I want to heal stage four to Hodgkin's lymphoma, you know, like it doesn't even, that's what I would love to see the story. So well, well said, yeah, man. live your story, heal the story. That's it. Yeah. Dr. Tommy John, where can people find you? Oh, um, so my website, drtommyjohn.com, drtommyjohn.com. Uh, all my social media is there. Um, reach out to me. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, and then Telegram because we're all getting ready to get uh, cut off of Instagram pretty soon here as they, <laughs> as they rush. So um, I am on Telegram. But if, if questions or concerns or, 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 or debate kind of stuff, just be nice. Send me, a, send me a DM. I promise I'll get back to you um, within time. You know, um, unless again, it's hate <laughs> and then I might, and then I might just double click hard it. Cause I, I still love it. Yeah. Like you're, you're good, man. I, I, I thank you for that. So, that's, that's um, a virtual hug, dude, I, yeah, right? I appreciate it though, man. I appreciate the time. Of course. Uh, Dr. Tommy John, I'm Joey Thurman. This is another fat or future podcast. Don't be a fatty F A D D Y be a part of the future. Now that was an interesting podcast. Thanks, Dr. Tommy John, for coming on. <laughs> I'm not going to forget this one, man. And next week, Peter Kraus, health and fitness expert. And you've probably seen him on The Bachelorette. The man almost married Rachel. We talk about that a little bit, but more how he sees health and fitness, how he runs his personal training and fitness studio in Madison, Wisconsin, and why people are overthinking health. Interesting. Next week, Peter Krause on the Fad or Future podcast. Don't be a fatty. <laughs>